Marie for the message today. Just worship him for a minute. Could you play some more of that? Yes, Lord, we worship you, Lord, in this place. If we never needed you before, we sure do need you now. Is there anybody in here that needs the Lord? I don't care what you have. I don't care how rich you are, how healthy you are. You need him for something. Oh, come on and stand up and act like you need him in this place. Just take about 10 to 15 seconds and worship him. We worship you, Lord. We love you, Lord. We need you, Lord. We glorify you. We magnify you, Lord. We lift you up. The young people said that if we never needed him before, we sure do need him now. During times like this, we sure do need him now. And the other song that they sang really touched my heart. I expect a miracle every day. God will make a way out of no way. Has God made a way for anybody here today? Has God made a way? You're looking at a living testimony of a man who God made a way for. And when I said, Lord, what should I say to your people? God gave me a message. God gave me a word for someone in here today. I trust in God that you will receive it the way that God gave it to me. Let us pray. Father God in heaven, we love you. We praise you. We adore you, Lord. We thank you for your presence right here at New Morning Light Baptist Church, Lord. Do something special in here as you always do, Lord. Let the word go forth, Father God, the way that you will have it, Lord. Not my will, but let your will be done in this place, Lord. Bless your children, Lord. Bless the shepherd of this flock, Lord Almighty God, where he is right now, Lord. We thank you for his leadership, Lord. Bless him right there where he is. And though he could not be here with us today, we know that he is with us, Father God, by way of support, spirit, love. We thank you for him, Lord. Bless him where he is. Thank you for his service to the kingdom of God and to your great church, Lord, and to our country. Yes, Lord, speak to your people, Lord. We give you glory, praise, and honor. Let all of God's children say amen. 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 If you will, please remain, remain standing, if you will, please, as we get right into the message. So today I'll be coming from 2 Corinthians to, to start our service today. 2 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verses 5 through 8. Today I want to talk about giving. As the song said, God will make a way out of no way. I expect a miracle every day as I listen to the young people sing their hearts out. God will make a way 
but there's something that we have to do. You see, we play a role in our own blessing. We play a role, not that God needs our help. God doesn't need our help. But we play a role. There's something that we have to do to participate, to show God that we're serious. Amen? So if you have your, your Bibles with you, open up or look on the screen. I've been coming from 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verses 5 through 8. And the word of God reads, Therefore I thought it necessary to exhort the brethren to go to you ahead of time and prepare your generous gift beforehand, which you had previously promised that it may be ready as a matter of generosity and not as a matter of obligation. But this I say, he who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. And he who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. So let each one give as he proposes in his heart, not grudgingly or of necessity. For God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to make all grace abound toward you. That you will always, having all sufficiency in all things, may have an abundance for every good work. Please be seated in God's presence. So going back to verse 8. And God is able to make all grace abound toward you, that you always having all sufficiency in all things that may have an abundance for every good work. Now, I don't consider myself to be a prosperity preacher, and this is not necessarily a prosperity message. However, I came today to share with you a way because the Lord spoke to me, there's some among us, there's some among us who's having some problems. Now, there are many, many ways that we can give. I didn't come today to, to beat someone over the head and talk about tithes and offerings, etc. I don't know what the tithing situation is like in this, in this house. Only the pastor, he knows about that. And we let God lead him according to his discretion to address that. I'm not here to talk about tithing, although I may make mention of tithing. But I'm here to talk about giving. Because, you see, lack, I hate lack. My wife knows it. I hate lack. I hate lack and insufficiency. And the word of God says it right here, that God wants you to have sufficient so that you can do every good work. Lack, I hate it. Insufficiency, I cannot stand it. And God hates it. When I start thinking about this topic, I get passionate about it. How do you like it when you travel somewhere and you have to choose, okay, where, which hotel we're going to stay? Or can we stay at somebody's house? And, and you go and you see a souvenir or something somewhere and you don't have enough money to buy it, to get it. And you have to think about getting back home. That's not a very good feeling. How about when you're at home and you're sitting there and you're going through the bills? And you, and you as they say, you rob Peter to pay Paul. Yeah. Oh, okay, I'll just pay this or that out of this check. I can't pay it. I'll pay that out of the next check. That is not the will of God. A situation like that comes straight from hell. And I denounce it in the name of Jesus. I came today not to pound somebody or to talk about your giving habits, etc. I came to help you. I came to help you. You're looking at a man right now. God has blessed me tremendously. I didn't come to talk about myself, but I have to use myself as a testimony. My sister sitting right back there, my brother-in-law can tell you. God has blessed me. I've had some great jobs. But there was a time during the recession 
Yes, even when you do give and you're doing well, you can still go through a storm. But during the recession, just 10 years ago, I was flat broke, had done well, had even preached about giving, had done well, and God sustained me even through that. But I was flat broke. A lot of people didn't even know I was going through that. Broke, living in my brother's basement. But I kept on giving because I knew even back then the principle of giving. You're going to go through something sometime. Now, the Bible does not promise that if you serve God wholeheartedly that you will be rich. God, the Bible does not promise that you will be rich. But it says, it says, the Bible is, as we often call it, B-I-B-L-E, basic instructions before leaving the earth. If you do what the Bible tells you to do, you can have what it says you can have. You can become all that it says that you can become. There's 1,189 chapters in the Bible. God means for us to live by every word. It's not always easy. This book has over 800,000 words in it, depending on the translation that you read from. But God makes clear in his word that if you do what he says, it's all about obedience. You obey the word. You see, the part of the Bible that you obey is the part that will bless you, or should I say us. The part of the Bible that we obey is the part that will bless us. The part of the Bible that we disobey is the part that will curse us. No different. God is just. God is fair. The area of your life that you obey God is the area where you will be blessed. The area of your life where you disobey God is the area where you will be cursed, is the area where you will suffer. For an example, I own my own business. If I make good business decisions and I practice good practices and I invest my money back into the business and I do what's right by my customers, then my business is going to succeed. My business will be successful. But if I don't provide for our household, if I cheat on my wife and I do bad things that I shouldn't do, then my marriage is going to suffer because I'm disobeying God by way of my marriage. I tr I'm a faithful husband. I try to be a good businessman. God is blessing accordingly. If you neglect your health, then your health is going to suffer. But if you nurture your relationships, then your relationships will do well. The area of your life that you obey God is the area where you'll be blessed. Amen? Amen. The area that you disobey is the area where you'll be cursed. Now, oftentimes, you know, as the Bible tells us, that if we do what the Bible says, we will have what it says that we can have. Oftentimes, if you ask God for something, he's going to give you an instruction. Now, I've studied it clearly. I've studied it over and over again, and I've ran through, and I've looked, and I've searched. Trust me. No, trust God. There's no miracle, only very few miracles that Jesus worked where someone didn't have to do something first. Very few. Lazarus, Lazarus, well, he received a miracle. He didn't do anything, but Lazarus was dead. The Roman soldier didn't do anything when Jesus put his ear back on, but he didn't cut off his own ear. Peter did. But if you read through carefully through the miracles of Jesus, everybody had to do something. Look at the wedding at Cana, for example. When the wedding, when they ran out of wine, the Bible says that Jesus' mother said, Whatever he tells you to do, do it. Jesus said, fill the six water pots, fill the six pots with water. And so they followed his instruction. You see, the instructions that we follow determines the future that we create for ourselves. Yeah, yeah. 
the instructions that we follow determines the outcome of our situation. Amen? Amen. There's no other place in the Bible. There's no stories in the Bible, only except a few. Even, for example, let's say the lame man who wanted to walk. Jesus said, what do you want me to do for you? He said, I want to walk. Okay, pick up your mat and walk. Did he just lay there? No, he didn't. Even the woman with the issue of blood, she at least reached out and she touched the garment of Jesus. Amen? See, if we want something that we've never had, we have to do something that we've never done. I was on the phone last night with my uncle, and he quoted something that, that my grandmother used to say. He said, you take one step, God will take two. I believe that my grandmother was, she made that statement according to biblical principles. Dr. Martin Luther King. Dr. King said, faith is taking the first step even when you can't see the whole staircase. I believe that Dr. King took that from biblical principles. Amen? Amen. You see, when we open our hands, God will open his hand. When you shut your hand, God will shut his hand. You make your move, God will make his move. It is the will of God. Now, some say, oh, well, uh, that's the prosperity gospel. I don't know anything about a prosperity gospel. I know about the gospel of Jesus Christ, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. I don't know anything about a prosperity gospel. Amen? Amen. You do what the Bible tells you to do. Often, it, it, is, it, is, it is almost like a curse, and that is a curse that needs to be broken. It is a, it is a distraction. Financial problems, I'm not by no way whatsoever a financial expert. But I do know a little bit about investing in the kingdom of God. You see, we cannot outgive God. God gives most. And I didn't even just give you the title of my message here, so if it's on the screen. <laughs> the title of the message today, I get so passionate and so excited. So the title of today's message is God Gives Most. God Gives the Most, amen? We know that we can't outgive God. There are some who say, oh, well, uh, and it's true. Well, you know, giving, giving consists of more than just giving money. Amen. Yes, it does. <clears throat> giving also consists of giving time. Yeah. But what is it that you have need of the most? What is it that you have an abundance of? God is not calling us to give out of our surplus or abundance. You see, the very thing that we cherish, sometimes God will ask you for that. Uh-huh. Amen. Oh, someone said to me, well, you, 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 you can't play God like he is some kind of slot machine. I'm only telling you what the Bible says. Turn with me, if you will, or look on the screen for Malachi. And the Bible teaches us, and we all know this clearly, many of us know this scripture, Malachi 3.10. I did say that I would touch on tithes, but that's for the purpose of getting a point across. Bring all the tithes into the storehouse that there may be food in my house. And try me now in this, says the Lord. Other translations say, test me in this. And try me now in this, says the Lord, if I will not open for you the windows of heaven and pour out for you such a blessing that there will not be enough room for you to receive it. The Bible says, try me. He said, try me. Try me or test me. Test me? God said, test me. 
The word says it right here. If you don't believe it, then you can take that part out of your Bible and give it to me. I'll have two of them in my Bible. Test me. He said, test me. I said, okay, God. Okay, dear Lord, I'll test you. So I sow a seed. God gives back. You cannot outgive God. Whatever you have need of, that is the very area. If you are short in a certain area, give more, give more, give more. It's all about giving. You can give your way. You can give your way out of trouble. Even during the recession, when I was flat broke, I'm not ashamed to say it. I don't brag on myself. I brag upon the Lord. Living in my brother's basement had done well, made some not-so-good decisions concerning the job market. And there I was. God had sustained me for quite some time. And then the money ran out. 401k money ran out. Savings account ran out. And there I was. God, some way, somehow, I remember those days coming to church. Had visited here, I'm sure. Coming to church. I was even a preacher preaching the gospel. But people didn't know what I was going through. Lost my car to the title pond. Was without a car for a few weeks, but God made a way for me to, to get another car. But I kept on giving. Sometime in some churches, I believe that church leadership mean well when they said, Lord, bless those who gave and those who wanted to give but didn't have it to give. If that's their prayer, God bless them. But we all have something. Give something. I remember giving five and ten dollar offerings. When back at that time, just a few years prior to that, my offerings and tithes were, were much higher. But I kept on giving and kept giving. And then God made a way, and then God opened the door, and then he opened another door, and then one thing led to another. And a few years later, God brought me back up. I gave my way out of financial trouble. Give. Give. The Bible says to give. Amen? Amen. The Bible says in Galatians chapter 6, verse 7, and we know these scriptures well. I'm sure you've read them many, many times. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever a man sows, that he shall also reap. What is it that you want to sow? What is it that you're going to sow? Yes, you can sow time. Yes, you can sow other things. You can give something, give to the needy, give clothes, give, give, give. But what is it that you want God to multiply? The Bible says that it is impossible for God to lie. Whatever man sows, that he shall also reap. Again, I'm speaking passionately about this, but I'm not trying to get on your case, believe me. Okay? This is a testimonial kind of thing. I like watches. I know that the founder of this church likes watches. He likes watches. I know that about Pastor Hodo. He likes watches. I like watches. I remember being in church one Wednesday night, and someone said, oh, that's a real nice watch. That, that's, a, that's a really, really nice watch. I said, oh, thank you. The next week, that's a nice watch, Alex. I happen to have that same watch on. That's a real nice watch. I heard God say, give him the watch. I took the watch off, and I gave it to him. Whatever a man sows that, he shall also reap. Now I have, I don't know, 16, 18 watches. I have a beautiful watch collection at home that the Lord blessed me with. Because whatever a man sows, that he shall also reap. I gave away a pickup truck. Now I have two pickup trucks. 
and a cargo van. My wife and I combined, we have seven automobiles. Whatever a man sows, that he shall also reap. I'm not here to brag or say or talk about what I have. I'm giving God the glory. Please understand, I'm, God is speaking to someone in here. What is it? Take a look, examine, examine, examine your situation and see what it is. God will speak to you. Obey the Lord. Again, the part of your life, the area of your life, of our lives where we obey God is the area what? where we will be blessed. Amen? Amen? We're getting through this quickly. And then the Bible says in Luke chapter 6, verse 38, I know that we know this one well. Give and it shall be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over will be put into your bosom for the standard for the same measure that you use, it will be measured back to you. Amen? Amen. Other translation says they. The NASB, I often read from that one as well. That one says they will pour into your lap a good measure pressed down, shake it together, and running over. They can be anybody. Oh, it's not that, oh, God is going to drop something out of the sky and give it to you. The blessing can come from any direction. I don't care if you're on, if you're on fixed income. Or whatever the case. In fact, we're all on some kind of fixed income. But I think you get the message here. Whatever your situation is, you can say, oh, well, I just started my job and I won't get a raise for at least 90 days. God doesn't have to give it to you through your job. You say, oh, well, well, I'm, I'm retired and I get the same amount every month. God doesn't have to give it to you through your retirement. God can get the message to you some way, somehow. He is unlimited. They will pour into your lap. They can be anybody. Yes, God can send someone your way and say, the Lord said to give this to you. You can get discounts. You can get stuff for free. I'm blessed with stuff for free all the time. I'm sure there are a number of people in here who have received things for free. Isn't that a good feeling? God will get it to you some way, somehow, because the Bible cannot lie. You see, if you hold God to his word, hold him to his word, I'm telling you. Hold him to his word. It is impossible for God to lie. He has to honor his word. Amen. I'm so grateful that I understood this. And many of you do, but perhaps there's some among us who don't. If you hold God to his word, he can't not bless you. Give to the kingdom of God. Give to the kingdom of God. Yes. Some of you, perhaps you, you support charities, and I don't not supporting charities. United Way, Red Cross. Shriners, Children, Hospital, whatever charity that you give to, homeless shelters, etc. Give, continue to give. You see someone in need, it's okay to give. Let the, lead, let, the, let the Spirit lead you. Amen. But there's something special about giving to the gospel that nothing else compares to it. When you give to God's cause, he will give to your cause. As I said, when you open your hand, God will open his hand. Amen? Amen? There's something about giving to the gospel. And some have said to me, well, I don't, I don't give to a church. I give to people. It's okay. Give to people. That's a good thing, too. But beware. People will do some things to you that God will not do. It's good to give to people. I tell myself all the time, I'm going to stop giving to so many people on the street. In 2020, I'm not giving anything on the street. 
and I still give away money on the streets. I said it last year, uh, a couple of years ago, at the end of 18, 2019, I'm going to stop giving so much money to the people that come up to me and ask. Turned right around and gave some money to the folks that asked. I remember one day, I said it on my way in to work. I'm just going to stop giving away money. People coming to me asking for money. I stopped, I pumped gas, and someone came right over there and asked me for money. I can't help it, but God always gives back. God always multiplies. He multiplies. You see, zero times zero equals what? So if you sow nothing, you reap nothing. Whatever we sow, we reap. Give to the kingdom of God. God will not use you. He will not lie to you. People will lie to you. They'll lie to you. I'm not beating up on anybody. They will lie to you, and they will tell you, they will give you some sob story. Sometimes it's not the truth. People will drain you dry. And then when your situation gets kind of low, and then their situation gets better, and you need something, you go to them, they can't help you. But God will not do that. God is faithful. You give to God, he will give it back. The Lord is faithful. He has to. He has to honor his word. He has to honor his word. When you give to God, no, we can't buy a blessing. Some say, oh, well, we can't, we can't, you can't buy a blessing. That's just an excuse not to give. Of course we can't buy a blessing. This is about doing what the word says. This is about holding God to his word. You see, financial problems, it is a distraction. It is a distraction. Even when you're trying to serve the Lord, yes, we have faith. We know what the Bible says about faith and giving God a yet praise even when we don't have. Yes. Hallelujah. I believe all that. But it is still serves as a distraction. Satan wants to destroy you in every facet of your life. If there's anybody under the sound of my voice who believes that the devil only wants to destroy your spiritual walk, your relationship with the Lord, that is a sad mistake. He wants to destroy God's people in every facet. And what I'm saying today is just as biblical as John 3, 16. This is just, it's in the, if it's in between these two covers, it's of the Bible, it's of the Lord. Yeah. Given it shall be given. Jesus said it himself. Satan wants to destroy us. He wants to see you flat broke with nothing so that you will go and be tempted, et cetera, et cetera. I think you know the word here. But God is faithful, as I said. He will, he will not leave you nor forsake you, as the word says. He has to keep his promise. He has to keep his promise. You hold God to his word. He said, test him. I said, okay, Lord, I'll test you. I have almost become obsessed with sowing into the kingdom of God. It is almost an obsession to me. I do it because, yes, I am a cheerful giver. I love to give. We give because we want to give. Amen. We give from the heart. We give cheerfully as the word, as the word tells us to do. Amen. But yet it's also doing what the Bible says do. If God didn't keep his promise, he would be something like a deadbeat dad. And we know that he is not that. Amen. He will do what his word says he will do. I want to share two scripture, two scripture, if you will put both of those on the screen. It comes from the book of Proverbs. 
There's Proverbs 11, 25. I'm taking these from the NIV. And then there's Proverbs 28, 22. So Proverbs 11, 25 reads, A generous person will prosper. Whoever refreshes others will be refreshed. On the other hand, Proverbs 28, 22 reads, The stingy are eager to get rich and are unaware that poverty awaits them. Notice the contrast here. Again, this is God's, this is God's word. These aren't my words, amen? So which, which is it going to be? The generous man shall prosper. The generous man shall prosper. Ask, ask Tyler Perry. The generous person shall prosper. Ask Oprah Winfrey. The generous person shall prosper. Ask Bill Gates. I forgot how many billions of dollars he's worth. Bill Gates giving away something in the upwards of 40-something billion dollars. In an interview, Bill Gates said to the reporter, when the reporter asked Bill Gates, his net worth came up in that conversation. The reporter said, Mr. Gates, how much money do you think you would have if you had not given so much away? His reply was, probably none at all. I don't know Bill Gates' spiritual situation if he knows the Lord. I honestly don't know. But I do know that that principle applies whether you're saved or not. So if there's anybody in here today that this message speaks to, I beseech you, my brethren, as Paul would write, increase your giving. As your bills increase, increase your giving. It, doesn't, it seems like it doesn't make sense. Lean not on thine own understanding, amen? But in all your ways, you know the rest. If you go and you buy something and you finance it and now you've added another bill, increase your giving. You're in a good place. Perhaps there's some under the sound of my voice, you don't have a church home. Perhaps you're watching online and you don't have a church home. This is a good place to give, right here. You give to God's work, he will give to yours. You give to God's cause, he will give to your cause. This is a good ministry. You have a good new pastor here. He loves this church. I've spoken to him on the phone a few times. The pastor is truly concerned about this church and this ministry. In fact, we had a, a conversation just yesterday, and he wanted to make sure that um, I had everything that I needed, and I told him that they're taking really good care of me. But the pastor cares about this ministry. He has a pastor's heart. He truly loves the Lord. It shows. It shows. As a pastor, you know more about your pastor than I do, obviously. He's your pastor. But I do know that this is fertile ground. It's all about giving and giving to fertile ground. Amen? So I don't know what your, what your financial situation is today. But I know that God gave me this message for someone. So you do as Paul said and examine yourselves. The word says, let a man examine themselves. Amen. Amen. And you think about what your area of lack is. When you get home later and, and you prepare to start your week, Reflect on this and, and go back and read the message. Read the word for yourself. Read the scripture for yourself. 
God has to honor his word. Again, I didn't, I didn't come to beat up and, and preach prosperity, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I'm not going to go and collect some special offering and say that God told me that there's 100 people in here or 15 or 20 people in here that's going to give $500, et cetera, et cetera. I didn't come here to do that. But I came to help somebody. So look at yourself and your situation and think about what you can do and pray about it. But don't pray about how much to give. Some of you heard me say the last time I was here, well, let me pray about how much to give. You don't have to, you don't have to pray about how much to give. Jesus said it right here, by your standard. So you set the standard for which you're going to give. Amen? Oftentimes when we do pray about what to give, we don't want to give what God told us to give. Before I close, I want to tell you a story about a preacher, a, a preacher, one of my favorite preachers some years back. He talked about a time when, when there was a young pastor uh, that he gave some suits to, and God told this preacher to give his best two suits to this pastor, this young, new young pastor. So he called the pastor, and the pastor came over to his house. He said, the Lord told me to bless you with two suits. So he went upstairs to his closet. He didn't get the two suits that God told him to give. He took two other suits. He took them down and he gave it to the pastor. Oh, pastor, thank you, thank you, thank you so much. Two suits, these are nice suits. Thank you, thank you, pastor. God said to him, those are not the two suits I told you to give him. He said, hold on, wait, I'll be right back. He went back upstairs. He got two more suits, but not the two suits that God told him to give. Here you go. Here's two more suits for you. Oh, thank you, Pastor. So God bless you. That's so nice of you, Pastor. Thank you. Thank you, Pastor. God said, those are not the two suits that I told you to give to him. So the preacher said, hold on. I'll be right back. He went back up to his closet. He took the two suits that God told him to give to the new pastor. He went downstairs. He gave it to him. The pastor was super happy. Oh, thank you, pastor, so much. God bless you. Six suits. Thank you. Thank you, pastor. Sure do appreciate it. So they talked for a few minutes, and then when the new pastor left, the preacher, going back upstairs, he said, Lord, I sure hope you're satisfied. I just gave him six of my nicest suits. God said, well, don't be mad at me. I only told you to give him two. I told that story to say that oftentimes, oftentimes some don't want to give what God tells you to give. But you purpose in your heart. Give the way that you want to be blessed. You sow seeds. Sow seeds. I love sowing seeds. It's sowing into the kingdom of God. To me, I call it kingdom investing. I said it. It's kingdom. You invest in God's kingdom. You can't go wrong. You can invest your money in the stock market, and that's not guaranteed. Your 401K is not guaranteed. You can invest your money in real estate. That's not guaranteed. But you invest into the kingdom of God. That is guaranteed success. Change your giving habits. If you have lack, if you are living in lack and you don't have enough, paycheck to paycheck, etc. increase your giving. Increase your giving. I guarantee you in the name of Jesus, 
start today for 2020 over the next month and pay close attention. I'm not saying that God is going to give you something tomorrow. He's going to give it back to you according to your need, but he's going to multiply it. Man can't multiply it. He won't multiply it like God will. But God will multiply. Amen. Well, whatever your situation is, whatever your situation is, there's no way out of any trouble, regardless to what that trouble is, whether it's a health issue or a relationship problem or, or, or a financial problem. There's no way out except one way, and that's through Jesus Christ. He is first and foremost. Accepting Jesus I would like for every head to be bowed and every eye closed as you reflect for a moment and let God speak to your heart. There's no way out except through salvation in Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. That is the first step out of any situation. If there's anybody, anyone in this place today who does not know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, first I'm going to just ask you to stand up. If you don't know Jesus, I want you to stand up right where you are. Jesus is the way, the truth and the life. He said, no one comes to the Father except through him. Now, I didn't come to talk about money and giving so that I could sell you something so that you would give your life to Christ. You should want to give. We want to give our life to Christ regardless. Let us be willing to serve God at any cost. If you don't know Jesus, I urge you to stand now. Come and accept Christ. Just stand up. Stand. Perhaps there's someone in here right now. You don't have a church home. And you wonder, well, I want to give. I want a church home. I need nurturing. I need my spirit nurtured. I want to know more, not only about this topic, that I talked about, but perhaps there's some some other areas of, of your life that you need strengthening. You're in a good place today. The Lord brought you here for a reason. The pastor of this flock is a good pastor. You're in the right place. Maybe you don't have a church home and you're looking for some place to serve and, and, and looking for a way that you can find your way closer to God by spiritual nurturing and and the preaching of the gospel and hearing the preaching. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Bible study. A church that's doing things in the community. A church with leadership that cares about the souls with pure and proper motives that's not in ministry for popularity and prestige. A pastor who preaches for a cause You're in the right place. I want you to get up and come forward. Come to my right. Your left, my right.
just going to let the music play and just let God speak to your heart. <laughs> 